Are the New Orleans Saints set at quarterback with Jameis Winston? NFL draft analysts say no. I'll tell you why I think they are. We got that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into this Thursday episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks as always for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that we are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, USA Today's Saints Wire, Tuesdays on Locked on NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday Unlocked on Saints. Today, we're going to talk through some free agent wide receivers, specifically deep threats that are still available for the New Orleans Saints. Actually, over the course of the offseason, we'll talk about some draft pick potential as well. We're also going to dig a little bit into whether or not the New Orleans Saints are a free agent destination. Marcus May gives us a little bit of insight on that in his introductory press conference. But first, the New Orleans Saints seem to be getting a lot of question marks from draft analysts about whether or not they're set with Jameis Winston. I'm going to tell you why I think they are. So let's set the scene first, right? The New Orleans Saints, they make an early offseason offer to Jameis Winston. He you know, receives some phone calls from the Colts. The Colts set up an opportunity for him to fly into Indianapolis and get you know a, a good look at what Indianapolis has to offer, all of that. In the midst of all this, The Saints go out, they pursue Deshaun Watson. The Browns are a part of it. The Browns aren't a part of it. Oh, the Browns are a part of it. Now Deshaun Watson's a Brown. So the New Orleans Saints redirect their attention to Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston reportedly, and we know this thanks to New Orleans.football's Nick Underhill, that Jameis Winston then turns his focus back to the New Orleans Saints, cancels a private jet or whatever was going to be sent to help him get to Indianapolis and head to Indy to see what they have to offer. And the Saints signed him to a two-year, $28 million contract with $21 million guaranteed. Those numbers are going to be important here in just a moment. Now, in the meanwhile, what we're seeing is that the New Orleans Saints are getting a lot of question marks from draft analysts like Mel Kuyper, Daniel Jeremiah, and others about whether or not they're actually settled with Jameis Winston at quarterback. And what we're seeing is at 18, where the New Orleans Saints will draft in the first round and select in the first round, is that they are mocking Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral or some of these other quarterbacks to the Saints because of that, right? Now, here's why this should actually sound familiar to you. Remember last year when the Saints had their quarterback competition between Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston, but before they got into training camp, they were pretty clear that that's what they were going to do. And everyone kept saying, nah, Saints, they're trading into the top 10. They want to get a quarterback. There was a little bit of talk on draft day about them trading up for a cornerback. Don't forget that. But even before that, oh, they're going to trade up. They're going to grab a quarterback. They love Mac Jones. Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Mac Jones. Everything was about the Saints drafting Mac Jones or trading up to grab a quarterback, so on and so forth. And what did the Saints do? They drafted Peyton Turner, the defensive end out of Houston, something that no one saw coming, including the draft experts and the draft analysts. Now, I'm not going to criticize the Peyton Turner pick because he's got a lot of tools. He has all the traits. Just want to see him on the field. He's incomplete, right? There's no way to have an evaluation on him at this time. But did the New Orleans Saints go all out to try to grab their quarterback? No. Were they willing to pay a king's ransom to get up into the top 10 to get their quarterback? No. 
Did they move up just a little bit so they can get Mac Jones? No, none of that happened. None of that at all happened. And so it's not surprising to me to see this again, where the quarterback who's in the building is Jameis Winston. Taysom Hill's also in the building, but it sounds like he's not going to be a part of the conversation when it comes to quarterback. There's the quarterback that they did actually draft last year and Ian Book still in the building. And yet there are questions being asked about whether or not the Saints are comfortable moving ahead at quarterback. Will the New Orleans Saints draft a quarterback at 18 if Kitty Pickett or Malik Willis is there at 18? Sure. But are they in a situation to where they're going to look to move up to grab a quarterback after guaranteeing one quarterback $21 million and having effectively $40 million, not a full $40 million, but about another $20 million guaranteed invested in Taysom Hill, who is at the quarterback position. I'm using air quotes if you're not watching on YouTube, which you should be watching on YouTube so you can see my super dope tattoo. But I don't know. I don't think that that's really what they're looking to do here. And if you look at the way that they have sort of approached free agency, which is apparently they're having meetings with wide receivers, free agent wide receivers, but they haven't signed anybody yet, that maybe they're looking to go a little bit younger at that position and let Michael Thomas be the veteran leader of that group. Maybe that's the route that they're going. We'll see, right? Nothing is for lack of effort in the NFL. All teams try to sign free agents, but sometimes those free agents don't want to sign, right? And we'll talk about why that might be a little bit later on and why I don't think it's because they want to avoid the New Orleans Saints. I don't think that that's the case. So when I look at what it is that the New Orleans Saints have ahead of them, right? You have $21 million committed, guaranteed to Jameis Winston. You have more money invested in the quarterback position already. You have draft picks that will allow you to fill a hole on the left side of the offensive line, potentially get young wide receiver talent, get young defensive talent. If there's some other position like a defensive tackle that you want to invest in in the first round, we know the Saints love investing in the trenches on either side of the ball in the first round. That to me feels like that's still going to be the same MO because so far everything else has been the same MO, continuity, cohesion, familiarity. Remember the only thing that's been out of the ordinary for the New Orleans Saints was them getting so far deep into that Deshaun Watson conversation, right? Trying to trade for Deshaun Watson. Outside of that, they're resigning their own free agents. They're bringing back people that are familiar with the scheme. They went and made one big splash signing with Marcus May and they did it early. And now they're pushing towards the, hey, let's be patient part of free agency, right? That's not out of the ordinary for New Orleans. What is out of the ordinary for New Orleans, though, is investing too much in any one position. They did that a little bit at the quarterback spot, but that was because they had Drew Brees, a future Hall of Famer, not because they wanted to stockpile a bunch of potential quarterbacks, right? I think they view Jameis Winston as their starting quarterback in 2022, and it's a good route for them to go as opposed to further muddying the waters at any point, particularly with this quarterback draft class. If they're there at 18, the value's there, you take them. But Is it something that they're dire to do? I don't know. And I certainly don't feel like they're going to buy into the idea of turning things over to a rookie in 2022. Even if they did draft somebody, I think Jameis Winston is still your quarterback this season. Coming up next, I want to dive a little bit into getting the weapons around Jameis Winston. We've talked about some of the free agents that you can keep an eye out on, but what about not only free agents, but also further on in the offseason, the NFL draft? Let's talk about who's still available and who could be on the board for the Saints first, second, third rounds. We'll go through a couple of different options, and I'll tell you why I think New Orleans Saints are still a very good trade destination, and Marcus May gave us some insight on that as well. We'll talk about that as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, but hey, it is time right now. It is tournament time, the college basketball tournament, March Madness, men's, women's, all underway. Unfortunately, LSU already bounced, but there are some phenomenal women's teams like Paige Beckers and Gonzaga. You can look over, of course, at the men's tournament and everything going on there. 
it's a ton of fun to get in on all this because you're not just betting on who's going to win the championship. You're betting on who's going to win each individual round, who's going to advance, player performance props, all of that. So if you want to check out all that, it's with our friends over at Bet Online. You can see all, everything that you need in terms of uh, odds, lines, props, uh, trends, everything that you're looking for around the world of sports betting with our friends over at Bet Online. Go and check out their website or visit on the mobile device. You also don't have to bet on basketball. You look at football, baseball, hockey, UFC, MMA, boxing, favorite Vegas casino games. They've got great live betting stuff that you can get in on as well. So go and check it all out. It's all over at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thank you, as always, making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to go and check out that Locked on NFL YouTube page. Prayers up to everybody impacted by the recent storm tornadoes. You can check the description. There's a link to a NOLA.com article that shows you how you can help um, from afar, uh, near, whatever it is. It shows you how you can help. So please go and check it out. Um, I want to talk a little bit more here about the New Orleans Saints and their quarterback spot, but how to build around it. We've talked endlessly already about the number of wide receivers that were available in this free agent class. And so far that pool, just like that quarterback pool started to dwindle, the wide receiver pool is starting to dwindle a bit too. And I got a little critical yesterday. I talked about how I'm usually defensive of the New Orleans Saints patient approach and making smart decisions late in free agency, giving all of the the big time spending time to kind of wear down. But we haven't seen a ton of big time spending outside of that, you know, some some of the wilder contracts you've seen, like uh, the contract that Christian Kirk got, for instance, stuff like that. But for the most part, we've seen some pretty moderate spending. We broke down how the tackle market, for instance, is pretty far down there and not really making a ton of money at a premier position. And we're seeing the same thing with wide receivers. But right now, the Saints getting a little bit behind the curve when it comes to getting wide receivers in the building and getting pen to paper. So there are completely understandably, completely warranted the number of concerned fans that are out there who want to see the New Orleans Saints rebuild at the wide receiver position. You know you're going to have Michael Thomas back. You got Deontay Hardy back. The expectation is that you have a little Jordan Humphrey. You've already got Marquez Calloway as well as a couple of other receivers like Jalen McCleskey, so on and so forth. You brought back some other pass catching options, but the Saints need to continue to add to this position. And one of the specific things that I continue to say is that they need a perimeter outside wide receiver. Do they have a deep threat on their roster? Yes. In fact, they've got two, right? They've got Deontay Hardy who can take the top off of an offense, but They've also got, by the way, Deontay Hardy, Deontay Harris, he's asked us, he told us in media that he wants us to call him Deontay Hardy because he's changing his last name, father adopted him, all these things, really cool story. Anyway, Deontay Hardy, and then they've got Jalen McCleskey, who's also a speed guy. But what they don't have is somebody that can do a little bit of everything, a speed guy that can take the top off of the offense, but that can also win some 50-50 balls, some face catches, some situations like that. Using Deontay Hardy and his short area quickness in the slot, I think might be the way to really, really maximize what he does. Now you can look back at the Washington game last year and look at the post that he ran over the top of Landon Collins and the big 70-something yard bomb that they threw and connected on there. I just rewatched that game because I wanted to see where the breakdowns in the offensive line were. And you saw the electricity there that comes from that. But on a game-by-game basis where you see Deontay Hardy really being able to contribute is in the short area of the game, and then his ability to create after the run. So if you want to keep that, maximize that, you maximize it out of the slot where you have maybe more physical uh, cornerbacks that might miss off the line of scrimmage, things like that, to where Deontay Hardy can win immediately. So instead, you start to look for big-bodied speed receivers. I'm going to bring up Marquez Valdez-Scantling again. He is visiting with 
the Kansas City Chiefs, after the Kansas City Chiefs traded away Tyreek, uh, Tyreek Hill, that trade is now official, by the way, or set. He has been traded to the Miami Dolphins. So biracial king, um, uh, Mike McDaniel, just making a killing over there, uh, bringing in Teddy Bridgewater, bringing in Tyreek Hill, bringing in uh, uh, Teron Armstead. They're doing something really fun over in Miami. You can hear more about that with Kyle Krabs and Locked on Dolphins. But right now, New Orleans Saints fans are looking at that and kind of going, okay, when are the Saints going to get in on all this? So here's why I like Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Six foot four, over 200 pounds, 437 speed, 2020. He led the NFL in yards per catch with 20.9 yards per catch. And he had an average depth of target of 18.1. So this is not out of the ordinary, right? This is what Marquez Valdez-Scantling can do for your offense. And if you need further confirmation of that, we're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs trying to replace maybe one of the best deep threats in the NFL and Tyreek Hill with him, with Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Like that is a fantastic indicator of what it is that he can bring to your team. So I look at that and I think for the New Orleans Saints, hey, that's a guy to look forward to and try to bring in 20.9 yards per catch that season, despite 63 targets. Like it's not like he had a small target share there. We talked about some other free agent options. Of course, a guy like Kenny Stills, excuse me, Kenny Stills. See, okay, but let's be real. So a guy like Will Fuller, who to me feels very Kenny Stills, just I get worried about those eight drops in two years, like all those things. But hey, he had one of his best seasons uh, here recently in 2020, his final season with the Houston Texans caught 53 passes for 879 yards. And he also brought home eight touchdown catches. He averaged 16.6 yards per catch, but his A dot or average depth of target clocked in at just 12.5 yards per catch. Why is that the case? That would be because they also used him underneath. So I think you change his role. And we talked about what Cody Burns did with, let's say, uh, Cedric Tillman, for instance, in Tennessee, to where he changed him and he started targeting him further down the field. You could do that same thing with Will Fuller. And therefore, you kind of alleviate some of the other concerns about the drops over the middle that could lead to interceptions, things like that. Use him as a perimeter receiver where Jameis Winston threw 51% of his passes last season, right? Now he only threw 161 passes, but he threw a good portion of them down the down the perimeter in terms of the the passes that weren't like batted at the line of scrimmage or throwaways, you know, you you remove those passes for that percentage. But when you look at it, I do think that you see Cody Burns who helped Cedric Tillman jump from 67 receiving yards in 2020 to 18 to, sorry, to 1081 in 2021 including double digit touchdowns. I don't get nervous about the idea of what you could do with a guy like Will Fuller. Now, there's a couple of draft prospects that I want to talk about, and I'll kind of go through these quickly because um, I don't want to be too long-winded, but there are a lot of possibilities in the draft, right? There are the guys that we've always talked about, but I thought it'd be fun to talk about a couple of other guys, George Pickens, as well as um, uh, Christian Watson. So I'll, I'll start with Christian Watson. Christian Watson ran a four, three, seven, six foot four, over 200 pounds. He's Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I mean, that's exactly who he is, right? Like he's just the rookie version out of North Dakota State of Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So obviously I'm going to love what he could potentially bring to a team like the New Orleans Saints as well. And he doesn't necessarily have to be a first round pick. Let's entertain the idea, even though they haven't done it since like 2007, them trading back. Christian Watson could be an option at the end of round one or trading back into round one since they have a pretty nice second round pick or potentially could circle back to him at 49 if he stays on the board. Another guy that could be on the board at 49, but not necessarily in round one that you would want to invest in would be George's George Pickens. Now I talked to George Pickens at the combine. I thought he was pretty dope. And one of the things that I talked to him about was his trash talk. And he said, oh, it's not trash talk. I'm just better than the man in front of me. And I love that attitude because it's like CJ Gardner Johnson, but as a wide receiver. And I dig that, especially when you're talking about a guy 
who ends up bringing in a 33-inch vertical leap, 4-4-7, 40-yard dash, 6-foot-3, 195 pounds, came back just in time to help the Georgia Bulldogs from injury, uh, win, a national tamp- win a national championship, and then went out and did exactly what he told us he was going to do at the combine and run somewhere between 4-4-4-5, And he was very, very pleased with his time as well as he should He's also a very solid blocker, extremely physical guy, can win one-on-one matchups, which you're going to get a lot of with Michael Thomas over on the other side. So I think that's another place where you can look to take advantage. One other guy that I'll mention, because I like these big guys that got that speed, Romeo Dubs of Nevada. Now he had the benefit of Carson Strong throughout his time, but he was, uh, he is six foot two, 201 pounds, check, check, check the boxes, went over a thousand yards, both in 2020 as well as 2021, led the nation in receiving for much of 2020, finished eighth in the FBS in 2020 with 111.3 yards. So there are a lot of options. And this is a guy that could be had in the fourth, fifth, sixth round potentially. So it's not just the Chris Olaves. It's not just the Traylon Burks's. It's not just the Jamison Williams's, right? Jamison Williams even has a teammate, John Mechie, that's worth mentioning in this group. So the Saints have a lot of options here to still pick up their next wide receiver to pair with Michael Thomas next season. They might not be able to do it during free agency. They might be able to. Maybe they're looking more at the slot in free agency. We'll see a guy like Adam Humphreys, for for instance, could be a bargain. Um, So there's a lot of options for them still. But you just want to see these things progress a little bit quicker than they are across the entire NFL. So we'll see, right? It's not for lack of trying, like we mentioned, but hopefully the New Orleans Saints are going to be able to fill these holes here pretty soon and get everything taken care of. All right. Next up, I want to dive into why the New Orleans Saints are still a viable spot that NFL players want to play in, and I'm tired of seeing it otherwise. We're going to talk a little bit about what Marcus May said in his introductory press conference, and we'll reiterate a little bit about what we learned about Jameis Winston and his desire to be a New Orleans Saint as we continue on to wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Let's get it, Huda Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with a quick look at why the New Orleans Saints are still a favorable free agent destination. Now, there was a story that came out, I think it was Yahoo, earlier on this offseason about the New Orleans Saints being the 32nd ranked team. This is before any trades happened, before any quarterback movement happened, all of that. 32nd ranked team in the NFL in terms of free agent destinations. Mind you, that's out of 32 teams. So. This article alleged that the Saints were a worse free agent destination than the Houston Texans. Alleged that the Saints were a worse free agent destination than the Atlanta Falcons. That the Saints were a worse free agent destination than the New York Jets, the Detroit Lions. A little far-fetched for me, to say the least. So when you look at that, and now you look at the reasons that that was the case, they didn't have a quarterback, they didn't have any cap space, blah, 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 blah. They were in dire straits with the cap, the, the usual. Now the New Orleans Saints sit with the same quarterback that threw for the league-leading touchdown percentage last year and only a 1.7 interception rate last year, by the way. 14 to 3 touchdown to interception ratio over the course of seven starts, six and a quarter, basically, games played. And they have about 20-something million dollars in cat space, third highest in the NFL. So where is this again? Where, where, where are the reasons that the New Orleans Saints aren't a viable free agent destination? Okay, so those are out of the way. Then you look at what people like Jameis Winston did, right? Remember, he sent a private jet back to Indianapolis. No, no, cancel it. Tell them I'm not coming. 
I want to focus on the New Orleans Saints. So there are some logistical things around that. Is he going to be ready for offseason programming? How does that factor in? Because he's recovering from the injuries. They say that he might be back for training camp. Adam Schefter tweeted that out. And that seems to be a really good timeline for him. It's a system that he knows. So if he misses any of the other like OTAs or mini camp, then he's going to be in a good situation. Like there are logistical reasons for Jameis Winston to stay in New Orleans. And it makes perfect sense, right? But to send the private jet back, to send the trip to Indy back, to see what they have to offer, to know that they're interested in you, all of that, like, and to know that Seattle was interested as well and, and had reached out and everything. And then he made the decision. He chose in front of the world to say, no, no, I'm going to focus on the New Orleans Saints. Going back to the New Orleans Saints, despite the coach change, despite the changes of the personnel, all these other things. I think that speaks much louder than maybe the kind of like analysts you know, the national perception of what the New Orleans Saints do and don't have to spend in free agency, for instance. Meanwhile, you look at a guy like Marcus May. He gets signed to the New Orleans Saints. He steps immediately into a role that's there for Marcus Williams, but also says, I'll do anything for this team. I'll go in there. They want me to be ready to do a bunch of different things. I'll be ready. He went and bought a Saints sweater the day that he sat down with local media to speak to them, right? To speak to New Orleans media. And in that, he talked about how much the swag, the swagger of the, the defense made such a, a big deal to him, right? You hear CJ McCollum talking about the city of New Orleans and how great it's been to be in New Orleans as a New Orleans Pelican. By the way, go check out Locked on Pelicans, Jake Madison. You see all of that, right? Like not even just within the sports, like this idea that New Orleans is too small a market to draw free agents, blah, 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 blah. And yet we see this over and over and over again. Remember, this is what they said a couple of years ago too, when the Saints landed Jared Cook, which was like the biggest free agent steal of the offseason. People were even wondering, Jared Cook, they, they, people were entertaining the idea of Jared Cook missing before they were entertaining the idea that he was just enjoying his time visiting the New Orleans Saints. Remember that? Like this isn't new. Just like the quarterback thing isn't new. Just like the let's wait and be patient approach by the New Orleans Saints isn't new. Cohesion, continuity, familiarity. That's not new. This is what, this is the cycle. This is what we all go through every, every single offseason here. And so I think when you look at Marcus May and all the great things he had to say about why he chose to sign in New Orleans and that it was kind of a no brainer for him. He loved the swagger, the defense. He loved the feel of the city. He knows he talked to other players about their time in New Orleans. We saw Janoris Jenkins, you know, in Tennessee talking about how much he loved being in New Orleans. Now he later said he couldn't wait to beat him, but you know, it's, you, you have the trash talk. You love it. Um, but you, you see all of that. And then you see these like little things about, oh, well, the Saints just aren't a good free agent destination because of X, Y, and Z. And what the players are telling you, what the league is telling you, what the team is telling you very different than maybe some of the things that you're seeing out there. And I think if I'm going to, if I'm going to, you know, pick one side or the other, I'm going to pick the side that has the players saying, yeah, I want to be here and I'm canceling private jets to make sure of it. I'm leaving the team that drafted me like Marcus May to make sure of it. I'm looking at the other sports teams in the area who just traded for a huge name. And I see that huge name saying, I love this city after being in the city for what, two months? <laughs> so it just kind of makes me chuckle. So no, do I think the New Orleans Saints are not a viable free agent option? No, I absolutely do not. Do I think that you'd love to see you know, a, a greater conversion rate in terms of, okay, well, they're having conversations, but let's get a deal done. Sure, of course, of course. That's what free, free agency is supposed to be fun, right? Like you're supposed to see that, but not, it doesn't always work that way. If you look around the NFL, it's not working that way across the NFL. It's not specific to the New Orleans. So as those signings continue, as those conversations continue, as those meetings continue, we'll keep you up to date here on the Locked on Saints podcast, a podcast that believes that the New Orleans Saints are indeed a positive free agent destination, despite what you might heard. Forget what you heard. 
It's what you're hearing. And what I'm hearing, what you're hearing is what I'm telling you right now. All right. Coming up tomorrow, we'll break down further into all this, talk a little bit more about free agency, uh, what's going on with the New Orleans Saints. We'll take another deep dive into Cody Burns and his work with wide receivers and how that could impact Michael Thomas. That's going to be a very fun one. And it will also make sure that you have everything you need to know around any additional moves that the New Orleans Saints make between now and then. As always, I appreciate you very much for making us your first listen of the day every day. For your second listen, go and check out the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Eric Crocker, Ryan Tracy, not wasting your time with quarterbacks in the first round. They're looking at a whole bunch of different options for the New Orleans Saints. So go and check them out wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. And as always, I appreciate you very much for making me a part of your day and a part of your routine. You can follow me on Twitter for everything that you need around your New Orleans Saints. It's Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.